Most of us think of our place of worship as a sanctuary. It's a place where we can let our hair down, where we feel safe. We trust our spiritual leaders for guidance, for comfort, and for reassurance, knowing they have our best interest at heart. But our faith can also make us vulnerable. Throughout my life, I've seen some of the best things done in the name of God. But during my many years as a forensic psychologist, I've seen some of the worst. Psychological manipulation, sexual abuse, financial scams. Today's show, though, is one of the worst cases I've ever seen of a supposedly spiritual church leader using the mask of religion to gaslight, torture, and murder someone who trusted him. Let me introduce you to Ben Field. There's a classic saying that growing old isn't for sissies. Young adulthood can be exciting and full of adventure, but as the years pass and loved ones as well, the senior years can be lonely and vulnerable. That was the case for 69-year-old Peter Farquhar, an author living in the tiny village of Maids Morton of Buckinghamshire, England. Peter was a bit of a celebrity, having published four successful novels. He was intelligent, worldly, and had a good group of friends who enjoyed his company. But Peter longed for a life partner. Having never married or had children, Peter lived openly as a gay man, but as a devout Anglican, struggled to reconcile his sexuality and deep religious beliefs. The novels he wrote mirrored his own life, with the protagonist often battling to resolve their sexuality with their Christianity. This ongoing challenge, though, seemed over for Peter when he met Ben Field. Peter was teaching English literature at the University of Buckingham when he met Ben. 20-year-old Ben was an undergraduate in Ben's class. The pair hit it off instantly. Ben was a charming and religious young man, the son of a Baptist minister who was raised by a good family and often gave sermons in his father's church. Peter fell hard for Ben, and their relationship moved quickly, with Ben moving in with Peter in 2014. In March of that year, Peter and Ben underwent a betrothal ceremony in a church in Maids Morton. Peter finally felt complete. Shortly after the ceremony, he wrote in his journal that it had been one of the happiest days of his life. Gone are the fears of dying alone, he wrote but dying alone would soon be the last of Peter's worries. Ben Field was not the man he was claiming to be, to Peter or anyone else. He was a master manipulator and con artist. Behind Peter's back, he slept with other women. He wanted to be ordained as a minister at his church so he could steal from it. He was looking for vulnerable men and women who had money but were looking for love so he could take advantage of them and now he had found one. Ben began drugging Peter daily, feeding him high doses of sedatives and hallucinogens by secretly spiking his food and drink. Peter began having hallucinations and night terrors. Ben played tricks on Peter, 
often moving items from one place to another, and then, when Peter couldn't find them, telling Peter he was losing his mind. Peter became increasingly exhausted and confused, which made him even more dependent upon Ben. Not only did Ben encourage Peter's increasing self-doubts about his sanity and memory, he encouraged friends and family to do the same. He often told them Peter had been drinking too much or had dementia. Shortly before Peter died, Ben slipped a hallucinogenic drug into his drink during a book launch at a local school. People who attended were shocked at how confused and disoriented Peter was. He could barely sign his name to his own books. For months, Ben Field tortured Peter Farquhar, while friends talked about how lucky Peter was to have Ben look after him, taking him to numerous doctors and getting tests for his mystery illness. Peter was so grateful that he changed his will to leave Ben everything. In October of 2015, a house cleaner discovered Peter dead in his living room next to a half-empty bottle of whiskey. Based mainly on what Ben said, everyone, including the coroner, believed Peter had drunk himself to death. The cause of death was officially listed as acute alcohol intoxication. Ben received over $150,000 from the sale of Peter's house. Had he stopped there, it is likely that Ben Field would have gotten away with murder. But Peter Farquhar was barely in the ground before Ben Field set his sights on another target, Peter's 83-year-old neighbor. Ann Moore Martin was also very religious and went to church regularly. Like Peter, she had plenty of friends and a niece she was close to but she was also single and lonely. When Ben Field began courting her, she was putty in his hands. Despite their 57-year age gap, they developed a sexual relationship. He left her love notes, gave her a framed picture of himself, even asked her to marry him. Of course, this attention wasn't free. Ben began making up stories in order to ask for large amounts of money. $26,000 for a kidney dialysis machine for his allegedly sick brother. $5,000 for a car he desperately needed. Anne was under his spell and willing to do anything for him. Soon, the gaslighting and manipulation escalated. Ben left secret notes from God in the form of white writing that would show up on Anne's mirrors. Some of these messages told her to change her will and leave everything to Ben, which she did. He even secretly took a picture of Anne performing a sex act on him. He later said he took this picture just in case he ever needed to blackmail her. In February of 2017, Anne was hospitalized after she had a seizure. What caused the seizure is still unclear, but a few days before, she had told a friend that Ben had given her some powder to help her sleep. Once she was in the hospital and out of Ben's direct control, Anne confided in her niece, Anne-Marie Blake, about her relationship with Ben. She also told her about the writings that suddenly appeared in her mirrors and how she had been encouraged to change her will. Anne-Marie Martin immediately recognized that Ben Field was trying to take advantage of her aunt. She called the police and they began investigating. Interestingly, Ben had tried to visit Anne several times when she was hospitalized, but was denied access. Meanwhile, 
Anne Moore Martin was coming to the sad realization that she had been duped. She was devastated. Medical tests failed to find any drugs in her system, and she was soon released, sadder but wiser. It's likely that Anne's admission to the hospital saved her life. Anne died of natural causes in May of 2017, but before she did, she made sure to reverse her will to benefit her family. By this time, police were on to Ben. When he was arrested, police found a list of potential future victims that included 100 names, including his own parents and grandparents. They found notebooks filled with killing fantasies, describing a murder spree in which he plotted to kill at least 50 people. After Peter's body was exhumed for a second autopsy, they found less alcohol and more sedatives than they had first thought. That alone may have been enough to kill Peter, although police believe he also may have been suffocated. At his trial, prosecutors made it very clear that this wasn't just a case of two pensioners getting conned out of their money. Ben Field had a real fascination in controlling, manipulating, humiliating, and hurting people. He took sadistic pleasure in torturing and tormenting his victims. During his 10-week trial, Ben Field never showed an ounce of remorse for his actions. Mark Glover, who led the Thames Valley Police investigation, summed up Ben Field as a cold, calculated, manipulative, controlling, and evil man. His actions sure matched that description. But justice was served. Ben Field was found guilty of murdering Peter Farquhar and sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 36 years. When it comes to spirituality, everyone has their own path to follow. But it's important to remember that not everyone who preaches sermons or attends synagogues or joins a Christian dating service or prays five times a day has the same moral compass that you do. Watch what a person does, not what they say. Because sometimes the devil shows up as everything you've ever wished for. Please look for my upcoming segment on the spiritual psychopath in our featured crime analysis section. Thank you for watching this episode of Unmasking a Murderer. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, please consider doing so, and please tell your friends about it. And most importantly, if there's a particular case you'd like us to cover, please let us know. Until next time, when we try to unmask another murderer.